0: From around the world and bridging the uncanny valley, this is Paranormal One. <laughs> Congratulations, everybody, you made it to twenty twenty one. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, we did it. Mike Rasso here with Paranormal One, with Steve Bartell and Josiah Lee Henson. Hey, fellas. Hello. Hi, Mike. <laughs> well, congratulations. I'm glad to see that we all survived and made it to the new year, because heaven knows we needed it. Um, we, 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 Did you guys do any uh, little ceremonies or anything to... rid of the
1: year. Um, I I personally didn't. You know, I just kind of have the intention that 2021 is going to be a lot better, and I'm praying that that's going to hold true.
2: Yeah, I I I don't do resolutions anymore, or or anything ceremonial. (laughs) Just just happy it's over.
0: We we actually put a box together, and we were going to put some like, like write some things about 2020 that really sucked ass, and put it in this box and then uh, literally kick it to the curb. (laughs) And so what we did was um, found a calendar from from 2020, a small one, put it in the box, wrapped the box up and wrote uh, something along the lines of, um, fuck you 2020, we're kicking you to the curb. (laughs) And so um, Sherry actually stood on the front porch and just like a couple seconds before midnight booted it and it flew about twenty feet, almost all the way to the curb. I finished it off. We got a couple bottle rockets and shot out of it. Nice. <laughs> and we're like, okay, done. Sweet. Done, nice. done, done. So yeah, we we got we got <laughs> rid of twenty twenty, and it is way in the mirror now. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Hey, you know, I I, I was I was thinking about something popped up on my radar here. Um, do you guys know about the Uncanny Valley? Are you familiar with that? I am not. I've heard of it um, just recently on a show or a podcast or something, yeah. Yeah, it, it's sort of like the uh, Steve, you and I went to see Rogue One together. Yep. And uh, no spoilers here because the movie's like four years old now. Um, <laughs> Everyone dies. <laughs> <laughs> well, besides that spoiler. Yeah. Um, but they, they resurrected. Peter Cushing as Grand Moff Tarkin in this thing, you know, all computerized and it was very cool to see him. as a huge surprise. But he didn't look quite right. You know, kind of like a Mark Zuckerberg kind of thing. Just didn't look quite right. Quite human. <laughs> and, and they can get, like if, if you are in a video game, you're seeing a character, and it's like 99.8% there. But that little bit of a difference that you're picking up on and you just can't place it that that, that's like the uncanny valley that the human brain will not accept something that looks almost human but not not it's it's just not there now when we see things like um you know the uh, jungle book with the animals or or uh what's the other one they just redid uh lion king yeah. you know okay lions and, and and animals even in avatar the aliens you'd buy it because who knows what those things look like anyway so True. whatever the aliens name were know somebody would be like you know i don't know um <laughs> whatever they were but it, you, things that you've never seen before aliens creatures th- robots things like that um we accept it it looks great but people it's just like they haven't quite mastered it yet almost there uh mandalorian fans you too you know what we're talking about as far as <laughs> that goes um well the, this 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 thing all of a sudden that you know, all of a sudden it, it it's there's got to be something rooted from an evolutionary standpoint in it you know like people without eyelashes went blind and so they didn't reproduce because who wants to reproduce with a blind person so then that got all of the eyelashless people out of the whatever you know horrible example but you know <laughs> the, the, the the traits that are helpful in, in in continuing as a species of being safe as keeping you alive those are the things that are that are that are carried on from generation to generation so i i saw this thing posted and i'm like oh my god this is this is really something creepy to think about so um here i'm reading here it says the uncanny valley is where we are scared by things that look almost human but aren't other animals do not experience the uncanny valley effect and will accept things that look like them with little issue this means that at some point in our evolution running away from things that looked almost human was advantageous enough to be imprinted on our genetics what were we that scared of hmm where, where did you read that article from because i think that's really similar to what 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 i had just heard about the uncanny valley recently yeah this is just something that somebody had posted on like facebook or instagram or something like that okay you must have seen you that, that must like be that. that must be where so i like, saw it what then, are yeah. the origins of this
1: yeah i don't i don't know that is really interesting it's like pareidolia you know we're we're trained to spot faces in places but they know why because like when we were being hunted by large animals you know you were out in the woods you were (laughs) trained to spot faces and make sense of you know maybe like uh I don't know what, maybe a forest or a you know a place that's heavily he- heavily vegetated. You know, you 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 needed yeah. to spot eyes there, so that's why they think people with pareidolia have that still because your your mind is supposed to make sense of what you're looking at. You know, so. I do know what you're saying. Like if you if you watch um, one of the ones that bothers me the most is Polar Express. They're yes, you know they're they're oh, really man. close. But that little kid kind of gives me the willies, and it's something to do with his mouth I, and and the eyes almost look cat like or something. I just mm. it's a little unsettling to me. You know the the one that always bothered me the most was uh, I Am
2: Legend with Will Smith because. I mean you've seen a lot of zombie movies well done ones with cgi horrible ones but the creatures Mm -hmm. in that were just off and not like off in a good way or even an acceptable way like you were mentioning you know it's just they just something about them just wasn't right and not and it wasn't intentional it was just a a lack of something i'm
1: looking them up now i know what you're saying yeah it's
2: yeah they they were just off it was kind of like you know it's like they missed their mark of what they were shooting
0: for yeah but that's the thing you just miss it right like just I just remember barely uh, was it Tron Legacy um, the the um, oh yeah I with, with Floyd the program with, yep the, that was the, the, the de-aged oh shoot now his name's escaping me um, uh, okay what is this we can look it up uh, Jeff, Ridge, Jeff Bridges.
2: Jeff Bridges.
0: Jeff Bridges. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it looked it looked really cool. It just wasn't quite there. It, but and that was like ten years ago or so. I mm-hmm. um, well, well, think would, they, they would have gotten a bit better, but not e- yet.
2: even Luke's appearance in the Mandalorian. You know. Oh, now th- you blew it. Well, <laughs> no, <laughs> spoiler. Alert. I think it's been long enough. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, there's a reason he didn't say much, and that's because. I think they wanted to avoid us getting that
0: effect, you know? Yeah. I mean, it it looked good. It, it did. was cool. It did. But but it wasn't quite
1: right. there. Yep. And there's also things yeah. to account for, such as perspective. Like, I'll never forget, my grandfather had a friend over for a Christmas gathering, and he, the friend was an older doctor, and my brother and I were playing a video game. I think it was Madden. I don't remember what Madden it was. But to them, Mm. they legitimately thought they were watching a football game. It was that real to them. But my brother and I, Uh, you know, we were of the mindset of, hey, these graphics are okay, but they're not that good. (laughs) So I think you know you gotta you gotta bear in mind they were older, they were sitting farther away from the TV. Plus football, you're fully geared, so it's not like you can really see the faces. But you know, it was it was pretty convincing to them. You know, so I I assume you know in ten years they'll probably have it mastered. But I still think we're going to be able to tell because there's just something about a human being that (laughs) I don't know that they'll ever be able to get it that good.
0: And that's the uncanny valley, you know, and it's where, why is it so hard? They went, you know, in a matter of years, they go from like 70% to 99.98%. Yeah. Why is it so hard to get that last little ink? that last little bit, and what is it about us that's noticing that, and it bothers us. Yeah. Where did that come from? Was there something, and and I I come back, I I used to hear that um, when demons take the form of a human that there must be something imperfect about them. Maybe they're missing a thumb, Uh, there's a weird shape to their nose, something like that. Something that's imperfect and it's, it's my mind goes back to that. I'm not saying that was the reason, because uh, I think this world would have been a lot different if that was the reason <laughs> it affected us from an evolutionary standpoint. But uh, so, so I just thought it was an interesting idea to throw out there. And uh, I mean, obviously you guys pick up on this too, that the, when stuff's almost there, but
1: not quite. And so I think that's a good question of why are we like that as humans? Do you mind if I share an experience that I had, Mike? Yeah, please. Um, I was an orthopedic tech for OSF in St. Anthony's. Um, Rock. If, if anybody's listening, Rockford is a um, large, I think the third largest city in Illinois. Um, the greater Rockford area is like 350,000. So it was a very busy uh, ER. And I would transport mm. patients a lot of times from the emergency room to the burn unit. And I was transporting a patient from the ER to the burn unit one night and I was walking down the burn unit hallway and toward me came a guy and he was in black and he had dark hair and it felt as if he sucked the life out of the room as he walked by me. And he didn't look, wow he looked like a human. Everything looked normal, but there was just 100% something off. It lit, it literally felt like the lights in the room were just draining as he was by like it was one of those predatorial instincts like oh my god there's a predator nearby and i have no idea why like i can't i can't point a feature out and say that's why but that always struck me as odd yeah i'd say (laughs) just a little experience i
0: had well just just as a i mean just out of curiosity do you know how the patient fared that you were transporting
1: um that patient was going to be okay they they just had a really heavy burn to his leg so he was going to make it it's not like he was a full-blown um you know full-body burn so he was going to be fine um i think the the person that was walking down the hallway was must have been visiting a family member or something there but i tell you it was just one of those feelings like something is drastically off here like your fight-or-flight wow. response kicked it, in and everything? Exactly. Like, I did not want to be in that vicinity at all next to this guy.
3: Huh.
1: And he wasn't scary. It wasn't like a big, like, big um i guess like a big buff guy or anything like that and it wasn't anything like physiologically it was just more so i had this feeling in my heart like get the hell away from this he, thing he wasn't miss- missing his eyelashes by chance was he no <laughs> <laughs> he didn't no, he would have
0: he would have never evolved into that
1: i think that's, that's cool. the weird thing is that he i i almost didn't see him as a human i saw him more as a thing like in my, my my mind was like get away from this thing not this guy and get away from this thing and that that's what kind of trips me up a little bit it might have been
2: like an attachment that he had or something or if you were possessed by something and that's what
1: set off your spider sense could have been i don't i have no idea i do know that um the lady i worked with prior to that in the hospital she was a hispanic lady she swore to god that she would go to pray in the chapel and she would see demons crawling in the woodwork of the chapel it's and she was a pretty serious lady and never talked much about that stuff you know and i'm thinking that's a little scary yeah Wow yeah so thought I'd share that with you okay
0: thanks for creeping
1: me out now yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: that's really bizarre yeah something popped into my head is that as you were saying that now and I'm it was just gonna lead us down another rabbit hole but um, I guess that's okay yeah we're not yeah we're not being paid by the minute so it's okay yeah yeah, that, that's that's incredible. It just makes you wonder, you know, was there something off about this guy that you noticed that you couldn't quite put your finger on? Oh, uh, I, I might have talked about this before, this uh, book called Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. Hmm. There's a bunch of guys that people, or people think he's a crack, but it's interesting. He, he, if you really follow what he's talking about it, it it's some neat stuff he, he's just he's a reporter he's, he's written a few books uh tipping point was his big one uh several years ago and um, just just trying to make connections to bigger picture things i guess is a uh inefficient way of summarizing him <laughs> uh disrespectful way of summarizing what he's talking about but he taught and josiah you could maybe relate to this um in in the book blink It's kind of broken down into different essays, and he talks about, it's about how we learn how to do things and pick them up and do things naturally, and like, you know, practicing a sport or a a skill for like 10,000 hours to make you a pro at it. So one of the things he talked about was a firefighter who was leading a group into a burning home, I think it was, and um, something didn't seem right he said let's get out of here and like seconds later the building collapses or flashes or something terrible happened if they if if he hadn't told everybody to want to get out right then they all would have died wow so uh everybody was like "Ooh, you've got this you know, spider sense you've got this supernatural ability to detect things and they were talking about it and it's like you know what more likely it was probably you know he's been probably in thousands of structures like this he's seen so many different things happen it's sort of like when you're driving your car and you don't even remember driving but you get to where you're going yeah Mm -hmm. okay you're you're doing this stuff you're on autopilot you're picking up the turn signals that other drivers have on the speed limit signs that are dropping when you get into a certain area You're, you're doing all these things unconsciously without even thinking about them and um he probably picked up on things he saw the way the smoke Was rolling, the way that the flames were receding. You know, he he was, whatever it was, he was seeing something happening. And it hit that instinctive part of him that said, Oh, not good. You know, my, 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 what is it? My primitive brain, or or what are they called? The lizard brain or reptile brain? Yeah, reptile. Reptile brain is picking up lizard brain. I like that though. That'd be my (laughs) new thing. Uh, You know, this instinctive. Part of his brain was picking up on it and said, "Get out, get out," and, and he listened to it. So he was probably processing these things without really thinking about it. Yep. And I'm wondering if there was something about this guy coming down the hallway that you know reminded you of somebody from a horror movie, or uh, you know, yeah. or, or some story that you had read, or who knows what it might have been. Something that affected you that said to your brain, "Oh my God, this guy is pure evil, and he's sucking." The life out of the hallway and the room and me and the energy. Yeah, very well could that's, be. Yeah, that that's a good point. Wow. If, if you know, like you said,
2: picking up on the turn signals, but without actually focusing on them exactly. or, or remembering mm-hmm. focusing, you might have just in your peripheral just seen the way he was walking, the way he carried himself. Um, there you go. Something about him, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've noticed. Um, I've noticed this a lot with ghost hunting and everything. That looking directly at something it it's different than seeing that exact same thing in your peripheral sometimes you'll see stuff in your peripheral that you can't see in your vision staring right at it you know so maybe just seeing this guy out of the corner of your eye or whatever just triggered something you know
1: yeah it could be and i know my sister she was a uh, psychology major at winona state university in wisconsin or um minnesota and she was taking courses, and uh, there was a course about serial killers and sociopaths, and there was a study done where they would introduce a human being who didn't know anything about the person they were being introduced to, and the, the one human would have been a completely normal person, and the other one was a sociopath, or a, or a well-known socio or psychopath, you know, of the true definition, and the people that were introduced to the psycho or sociopaths could almost immediately. And I, I, there, there was a huge number. It was, it was like 80% of them or something to that effect had that, instinct of there is something drastically wrong here mm-hmm. but they also studied the person's behavior so the sociopath wasn't acting out it wasn't like it wasn't like they were in direct contact with one another they were just in the same room in a in like a group setting and they still picked up on that instinct you know so there, there's got to be something there yeah something subtle as eye,
0: eyes for some reason so you ever see somebody with like just those crazy eyes yeah mm-hmm like, like, like Charles Manson.
1: Yes. Right. He had those eyes. Just deadpan. Like,
2: Yes. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes it just, it's a vacant mm. uh, look or yeah. it looks empty, you know?
1: Mm. I don't
2: know. I, I think yeah. a good example of that is if you, well, in current news, you know, there's that shooting in Rockford at the bowling alley yeah. last weekend when they showed mm-hmm. the picture of the guy, you could see that his eyes looked completely void of yep. any, you know, soul or, you know,
1: he just looked empty. That is very true.
0: But you know, there, there's something. I mean, it all, it's all coming back to that. What is that about us? That and it, it, I'm sure it's a protection, something to protect us. You see somebody coming at you with those eyes, you're like, "Ooh, not good." I I, I need to be be careful. I need to protect myself and my family. Yeah, um, you know, something's taught us that. So, when we have that same reaction to this uncanny valley, maybe not as extreme, but when we have that 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 same hmm, something's not right was something walking on earth that looked almost like humans, but not quite enough. Yep. you'd pass from a distance, maybe at night, but not up close. <laughs> it's a little tougher. <laughs> So that's great. You know, I, 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 I that that really just got my my mind working as I was listening to it, and thought we'd try to see see what your guys were thinking about that. You guys were thinking about that.
1: Well, you've got the other aspect not to not to keep you know beating a dead horse but you've got the other aspect of could it be something extraterrestrial like something trying to blend in with us but we just have that there's that one thing that's not quite right you know like um on men in black you know they kind of played that card where the guy when he blinked he would blink this way remember yeah Uh, yeah yeah Yeah. although that would be i mean you would notice that in a hurry that was more of an extreme example but
0: well, but you know, there, there are a lot of people that believe that humans were extraterrestrial slaves, dropped off to do work. I think even Stargate, the Stargate series, has something, <laughs> something with that going on in the movie and the series. Okay. But um, you know, maybe if we were made in the creator aliens' image, to paraphrase a couple of different things there, um, maybe over time we started changing just a little bit. And when the masters came back, we could tell them from us because we had changed enough over a year, centuries or whatever. I don't know. I mean, we could probably theorize this about, about theorize over this for a long time. Yeah, for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, lots lots of
0: ideas there.
1: Yeah, but it's the beauty of it that that thought sparks so much more. You know, there's so much beyond just that initial thought.
0: And, and, and you know and maybe it's just simple that you know like I think one of the first things you guys said was the pareidolia and you want to find patterns you need to know you want to, things to look human yeah you want things to look recognizable and if I look at somebody and I recognize them I, I need to know the person I want to know instead of the one who looks kind of like the person I want to know yeah you know oh you look like your cousin but uh, I don't I don't want to talk to your cousin I want to talk to you and so my mind has to recognize that yeah. before we maybe before people had names or, or we wore clothing to you know oh, he wears blue shirts and I'm wearing a green shirt or, you know we, before you could tell people apart that way may, maybe it was something that evolved as simple as that or maybe it's something as fish You know, fish all look alike, right? Well, maybe to us, (laughs) (laughs) not to fish. This could have been something held over from even before. This could be billions of
1: years. And then another interesting aspect of it is what if we're the only ones that are seeing it, you know, and then we are the odd one, you know, and everybody else is just perfectly fine with it. And, you know, we've got an issue like... I read a book um, by Oliver Sacks. It's called The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat. And it it was a true case done... Neuro neuroscience documented this case where this man was completely normal but he began to think his wife was a hat on the hat rack and it, it went into talking about phantom limbs where people would wake up mm-hmm. out of you know just, just out of the clear blue and they didn't recognize their body didn't recognize a particular limb on their body and they wanted it removed and they would do anything as oh, far I've as crushing their limb to try to get it removed like there's got to be something there as well you know so it it might not be it it could be just a psychological thing within us but then you i guess you've got to look at it and see how many people are experiencing this phenomenon and is it is it like singling out one particular person like you know 10 people get to talking in a room like hey jack's really fucked up looking like is is anybody else noticing this type of thing you know so i guess you you got to look at it that aspect too but
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, I guess, you know, uh, these little problems in your brain, you know, your computer misinterprets one little bit of information and you get a program that crashes or you get the blue screen of death. Uh, In human beings, things start not going right. Maybe we forget somebody's birthday or, or don't recognize whatever. We stop liking onions or something like that. But, but, once in a while, you feel that your hand is trying to kill you, yeah, and you need to cut it off yeah mm-hmm. that that that's a big system crash there that's they they need to push it, an update, yeah, for that one that's
1: uh that's a bad one and that's your own hand so like if you if you're not recognizing your own hand that shows you that the human mind is i mean recognizing a stranger or you know just something slightly off that could tell you that that could be possibly corruption of the human mind but that's where i went back Mm -hmm. into saying that if it's multiple people experiencing the same issue about one person then it's more likely something is wrong with that one person like like mass hysteria Correct. I I, I like that.
0: That used to be the explanation for every paranormal, every supernatural, every unexplained event after swamp gas, mass hysteria. Yep. What in the world is mass hysteria? Or or what was the other one? It was like mass hallucinations or something like that? I don't
1: know. What was that? I heard of mass hallucinations where they claim... You know, maybe that's it yeah yeah like like there's a hundred people and they're all seeing something that they believe is a flying saucer but they're like oh no no that's no, just no, a no. An hallucination you guys are all having together <laughs> right <It's laughs> at the same time
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so i was like okay yeah I, I i can't see mass hysteria happening i was almost trampled by that at fourth of july fireworks and uh, at, in chicago <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> but, um uh, but yeah, the mass hallucination. I'm like, okay, everybody's seeing the exact same thing, but it's all imagined. Yeah. Gotcha. Good one. All right. Well, we've, uh, we were going to take a little bit of a different path tonight. We've already done that, it seems, but that's okay because it works with what we're doing. <laughs> we we're going to uh, sort of steer away from the normal topics and try something a little different um we're going going to sort of have another i will say another discussion because it seems like we already did that um on a a subject that the three of us are fairly well versed in and and that is really talking about having a uh, a ghost tour business And why in the world would I want to hear about that? Well, that's an excellent question, and I don't have an answer. No, but um, (laughs) I I think when we were kind of talking about this a little bit before we started recording that I I think a lot of people might just be curious about it, which I get. You know, how how do they make the sausage? Um, There might be some people thinking about doing it, and this will probably dissuade you from doing it. Or if you're kind of on the fence about it or you're kind of maybe dabbling in it yourself and, and maybe uh, get some ideas about um, About What might be some things to go for or what might be some things to avoid and also? It's kind of just a fun chance for us to sh- maybe share some of our stories of the adventures We've had over the years in, in trying to do this so um, I mean, what, what, what do you guys think? You ready to roll on this? Yeah, I yep. think
1: it'd be a great topic. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess... and I, I Maybe just to, at least to get things started, because um, I, I know when I started this, I, I started from scratch. I had no idea what I was doing or how to do it. I, I had never even watched an episode of Ghost Adventures when I started doing this. Um, <laughs> it was kind of just my only experience in doing something like this was, I think it was in 1999. Um, I went to Gettysburg. I was with my dad and my brother-in-law. And um, there was this little ghost story tour, which there were probably hundreds of in Gettysburg. And the guy took us around for a couple hours, told us some stories. He was wearing a Civil War era costume. And it was entertaining. And he, he talked about some places. In fact, the one hotel he talked about or, or bed and breakfast, uh, some people were staying in the room right next to the one he was telling a story about. And they said that they were laughing because they had heard things coming from that room the night before that they were curious about. So um, that was really my only experience in this kind of thing. And so when I started hearing stories about the Conover Square building and things happening there, it, it seemed like a fun thing to do and it, and it sort of grown. And I, I think this has been covered in Probably the first episode or maybe even the YouTube one, if you want to try to, anybody wants to dig that up, but it was sort of just started as a little interesting thing as a way to have some fun and tell some, some cool stories in this really neat building at night. And it really took off into something I couldn't have ever imagined, but I couldn't have done it if it wasn't for the building. Uh, the, the the building was, you can't just pick any old place and do this. You've got to have the right place. Um, and I, I guess one of the things that I always regretted about Conover. Now, we, we as time went on and, and YouTube became as much of a part of the, the, the story and the history lately of that building uh, as anybody, but... I think a lot of these places where they have ghost hunts and ghost tours and things like that, there is the legend. There's the big story. There was the the lover that jumped off the roof because he or she was denied, or somebody that hanged themselves off of the balcony. and you know, the, 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 the big fire, the explosion, the accident. Uh, Conover Square had none of those. But over the course of Gosh, it's been like eight years now. It it it's you could write a book about the things that have happened there, but no big legend. So I'm wondering, like with you guys, how do you feel about um, having some kind of the, this legend that's necessary, or the big giant tragic event, you know, like the uh, uh, the Eastland disaster or something like that. I um, mean, you, you hear about Resurrection Mary, but nobody really even knows for sure. If she really existed for in real life, but boom, you know, w- at least the legend is there. So whether it's real, whether it's a legend, uh, h- how do you feel about that? As far as needing that to get something started. Well, I, I guess,
2: you know, it, it always helps if it's a if it's a known location, known landmark for a big event like that. But I don't mm. think it's a hundred percent necessary. Like like you said, yours was born of one shop owner talking to another shop owner you know just word of mouth like hey i just had this weird thing happen and that Mm -hmm. that alone you know and that alone will pull there's probably at any given place if if there is activity going on multiple people have experienced it but once you start Mm -hmm. talking about it and other people say you know now that you mention it i wasn't going to say anything but this happened to me and you know it can build like that i don't think it's That happens a lot. Well, well, right. But uh, I I don't think you necessarily have to have that one big thing that happened there or or something, you know, something proven to have, you know, the legend surrounding that location.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think that was extremely well put. um Also, I think the feeling of walking into that building for people who are slightly sensitive, I think you'll get it right away. You know, it's it's you'll you'll walk in and you'll just say, "Okay, something's a little bit off here," and Conover has that for sure. I, I, that's undeniable. I've heard. Mm -hmm. countless people tell me that exact thing but it's not like they advertise on the outside of the building like hey this place is you know terribly haunted yet (laughs) you know when you talk to people that don't know anything about the ghost tours oftentimes they will tell you oh yeah i got i definitely picked up on something so i think that's also very necessary to have that
0: Uh, yeah I, when i when we had the store people would just stop in or or somebody would send them in like hey we were telling so you know so and so in what, in such and such store uh about something that just happened to us upstairs and they told me to talk to you about it you know then they'd tell me <laughs> about something odd that happened Or they'd see the ghost store ghost tour display and go oh i knew there was something about this place yeah yep i think the legend gives it a kickstart, depending on depending on the place you know if, if you're just starting things off or it gives you a, a quote unquote mascot to rally around like when we first started talking about or hearing about hannah the little ghost girl up in the museum she sort of became the mascot for a while she was everybody wanted to talk about hannah everybody wanted to see hannah feel hannah talk to hannah leave candy for hannah um she was kind of the attraction for a while until we spent more time in the building and the whole place was like a popcorn popper going off with activity yeah (laughs) it was nuts so steve you were kind of coming around that time right is that kind of when you started yep Yep, I, I probably
2: didn't miss, but maybe the first one or two tours that you offered before it came across my radar.
0: You know. Yeah, I think it was Halloween of twenty twelve. Might have been the first big thing. I believe so. Yep. Because yeah, it's
2: yeah, eight, that, that. when I look at like Facebook memories and things like that, it looks like in about eight years or so. Yeah, was was the first
0: time. Okay, because that was right after Midwest. Ghost Society was out, right? And I think they reported back in September the stuff that they had, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we got it. They, they they had they had a few personal experiences, but they got some really good EVP, and that was that that was cool to see. But I think Josiah, you were talking about, and I, I think this might be jumping around a little bit, but I think mm-hmm. it, it kind of ties into it. You had said um, about the energy and I was actually talking to Sherry about this earlier. Uh, She was, and and she has an incredible story that ties into this, that she's gonna be able to tell herself at some point. I don't wanna steal her thunder. It was her story, it's very cool. But um, it's not about the little ghost girl she saw in the bathroom. This is even (laughs) more spectacular. It's like, what can be more, better than that? Um, But we were talking about knowing a building and not just knowing Oh, this is what the cars sound like going by. This place always creaks. You can always hear the water dripping from upstairs. Not just those things, but also the the feeling of the energy in the place. Like sometimes you walk into the museum and you just—I I know, at least for me—it felt like the breath was knocked out of me. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be a good night. Or, or, or you know, you you could feel the charge running through the building, but you could also feel when it wasn't there. Yep. And and I think if you go to a place like people that visit for the first time, in places we've gone together for the first time, I know, it's it's you have this thrill, this excitement, this anticipation, a little bit of fear. You know what's going to happen? What what are those noises? And it's hard to filter those emotions from the end or those feelings from what you're feeling from the energy of the place itself. Yes, and and I think. If you're in tune with the place, if you've been there a lot, a lot, I'm not talking you've been there a dozen times. I mean, you've been there 50 times. You really get in tune with with what's going on. And it it helps you know better when you do have a group in there. It's like, you know what? I think we spent enough time here. Let's move on. Or, Or you're like, no, we need to spend a couple more minutes here because feels like something's going to be happening
1: yeah for sure
0: um yeah and and i think that that comes with time there and and i think that's where it's helpful to do something to to get a rather than be like hey i'm going to have a tour group here and then next week we're going to this place and the week after that we're going to another place which works fine um but you don't get that really in-depth comfort of a place like like you can like we've done with, with, with Conover Square and the things that are happening in that building.
1: Yeah, I fully agree with that. And I think that there's something to be said about the guest's experience being that they're experiencing it most likely for the first time. Of course, you do have repeat customers. But I think, you know, having having their experience coupled with the experience of somebody who's been there and knows the building intimately, I think that blend is highly necessary um because otherwise like you had mentioned then if if everybody's just a guest or everybody's new to the building then you might be picking up on things that are completely false or you might be completely Mm -hmm. missing things that are pretty substantial so um (laughs) i think that in order to have like a really good solid tour i believe you're right that the guide almost has to know the building like the back of his hand or her hand and then
0: we all go quiet
1: yeah i'm just thinking about even scottish (laughs) right you know we steve and i have been there how many how many tours have we done there now
2: maybe 10 or so yeah so
1: we're we're cresting that point where we're we're getting fairly seasoned but i know for the first part of the building you know i I was just as i was learning just as much as everybody else was when we first started doing these Mm -hmm. tours so it does it does take a while and it is a learning curve for sure
0: i mean we've had guests i'm sure i mean when i say we i mean you guys too who who've come in for the first time and we think oh this night was a dud nothing happened but they were like they came in and saw all the cool stuff yes and were startled a little bit by water that dripped into a pan and they laughed about that and, and just the experience of being in there and seeing the equipment um ha- having a chance to you know, sit in the dark and ask questions and listen to the recorder to see if anything answered it was an amazing experience for
1: them yes yep and we're like ah it was a lousy night nothing jumped out at us and i know just personally steve can attest to this i uh, recently had a tour and steve was with he and i generally couple up when we're doing um rotations you know we'll we'll guide a group mm-hmm. and then another person'll guide another group and Another personal guide, the third group. And Steve and I had this group, and they were awesome people, very nice, but they were what I would consider a dead fish. And I don't mean that in a derogatory <laughs> manner, but they just didn't interact. And it made me feel like we were doing something wrong like we were missing something but we've always got to remember as tour guides we're never going to fake anything or try to amp anything up or make anything seem like it is more than what it really was but what it made me start to think is how can we you know how can we investigate differently to interact or make people engaged who don't seem engaged but then the other side of the token is maybe in them in their mind they're having the time of their lives you know they're just, they're just completely <laughs> having a blast but they're not outwardly projecting that and that right there is one of the hardest things for me to get over and I still have a huge problem getting over that because I can't get in their head and then when they leave at the end of the night you ask them hey how how was your night you know and 9 times out of 10 they'll all say they had a great night But number one, are they being truthful or are they trying to make you feel good and think, Jesus, I'll never come back to that. But I guess to wrap this up with a little bow, the thing that makes me feel good is when we have these repeat people. And we we seem to have those quite often, even at the Scottish Mm -hmm. Rite. We've got a guy coming for the fourth time uh, on January 23rd. So that tells you we're doing something right in someone's eyes. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry for the tirade. No, no, because I, I, one of, something that stands
0: out and really taught me s- some of the, the things about just investigating, period, was a, a lady had been coming into our store and she brought a group of friends. So we split them into two groups and um, I, I, I think we went into the basement and I took the one group down there and they were like, we were getting all kinds of stuff happening. Stuff, it was and it was great. I brought down the group with, with the lady who I knew, she was in the second group to come down, and it was like dead, nothing. I, they seemed okay, but there were just no responses, nothing coming out at all. Yeah. So I, I spoke to her the next day, she came to the store, she's like, oh thanks, we had a good time. I said, I said, yeah, I felt bad nothing happened to your group. I said, "We." she's like, yeah, and I was really hoping that it wouldn't. Hmm. As the train whistle blows. Um, she, I, I'm like, well, what do you mean? She goes, I was so scared. I was like silently praying that no voices would come through the recorder when you played it back. Hmm. So it, it, that really taught me a lot about intent. You know, if you're sending the energy out that you want this stuff to happen, if you want to see it happen, I think you're more likely to have it happen than if you're blocking it. She was sending out some blocking energy there and nothing happened that other group was just crazy with, with the stuff that was happening her team nothing so um she said she had a good time just like you were saying yeah it was a good time my friends enjoyed it but um yeah she she was scared and that's okay that's all right um but that that fear may have blocked any experiences she still had a good time going through the building again like i was saying before going through the whole experience of it um nothing happened to her she was fine with that yeah (laughs) that was good (laughs) so um but it but really it it really imprinted on my mind again just as as overall as, as a ghost hunting or paranormal investigation thing is you you gotta have the intent you got to send that out there that i'm i'm open for things happening.
1: Sure. And i guess you got to look at it from both angles too. You've got one lady who is begging that nothing's happening. On the opposite end of that spectrum, you've got the other group that's like please show us a sign, you know. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: but
2: uh, unfortunately, they don't always respond the way you want them to respond. Exactly. You know, I, I right. Mean, and, you know, the Scottish Rite's a good example, too. You know, at first we were splitting up into, I think, four groups, four separate groups at a time. And, uh, you know, the group that's downstairs in the ballroom comes up and says, Oh my gosh, we had all this fantastic stuff happen. We got this picture. Check all this stuff out. You know, so the next group to go down there is like, Sweet. I can't wait to go down. This is going to be <laughs> phenomenal. They go down there, nothing happens. Next group goes down there, nothing happens. The last group goes down there, nothing happens, you know? So, i, mm. I you know it it's 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 hit or miss but at the same time it would be nice if it was if they would
1: respond to the groups that really want to see stuff and you know and i whenever somebody calls me i always ask them you know I, I i get on the phone with them and i'm on the phone with them minimum 10 minutes and i do that by design because i want to educate them to at least let them know what they're going in on you know because you get you get these people that i think they've got this this idea that they're going to walk into this building and they're gonna they're gonna see full-bodied apparitions. They're gonna hear EVPs out of this world, class A.
0: So <laughs> I always
1: have that disclaimer, and it's not like I'm trying to be, um, you know, pulling the wool over their eyes, but I always give them the disclaimer that we cannot make things happen on command, nor will we ever fake it. And I do tell them there are nights that you will probably be bored. And I think that's fair to just be <laughs> honest with them, but there are nights when they walk in where they walk out and think holy cow that was wild you know like the boredom doesn't even exist that night you know but i always just try to be fair and let them know that they they could potentially have an absolutely dead dud night and that those do happen as we all know
0: yeah and you have no no
1: way of knowing no of course but, yeah.
0: what what you hope is you're providing an authentic experience oh. to the people yes you go hunting for deer you don't always see anything yes not only sir. Do you don't always get something sometimes you don't even see anything except cold yep. yeah go fishing sometimes you don't get a bite these things happen this is the same type of experience I can promise you an authentic experience there won't be people jumping around the corner wearing masks and things like that Mm -hmm. but if if something does happen I'm going to try to be real about it and let you know I can't explain that or I'll say oh this is the water dripping in this spot it it, it gets like that after it rains but even after doing that people are like no 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 that was definitely not water I'm like okay okay that's cool.
1: And I'll tell you, Mike, as a, you know, when I first started coming on your tours and I saw you debunk things, that to me was so valuable as at that point in time, I was just a consumer that's all I was I was just Mm -hmm. one of the one of the people on the group but to watch the way you did things that meant a lot to me and it it made me realize okay this guy's not just blowing smoke up our asses he's not gonna say every little (laughs) thing is a is a ghost to make us you know have that heightened experience and that spoke volumes to me I appreciate that I mean it
0: because that's what I wanted That's what I was shooting for. I I didn't want somebody to poke holes. I mean, (laughs) aside from the fact that we're hunting ghosts that some people feel don't exist at all. Okay, I get that. Yeah. But once you get past that, I, I didn't want people to say this was faked, this is not real, this isn't genuine, this is all hype. Now, there were some people who did say stuff like that who were kind of some naysayers who some people in the building who were opposed to the business yeah and i guess that's maybe an ongoing issue as well whether it's somebody in the building in the community uh different groups or organizations who are anti the, you know the, the, this type of thing um now have you guys been running into much of that while you've been running things well i you know as
2: far as as far as Canover goes as a location um you know we haven't been too involved with the place as far as giving tours here and stuff so we haven't really ran into too much of that lately um mm-hmm. i do know that at the scottish right there are uh members who certainly are aren't in favor of it you know that there's there's a group of naysayers it sounds like um mm-hmm. but uh you know and and other ones that are maybe just Skeptical, and I think we even had some of the skeptics show up to one of the events, and uh, I don't know that we necessarily brought them over to the believer side completely. But I think that I think that they went away with an impression of okay, you know, this is this is something that's totally plausible and it's not a bad thing, whatever, whatever. But okay, but uh, as far as like meaning outright resistance, you know, we haven't really experienced
1: it yet. Yeah, and you'll you'll have the people that are. Um, armchair quarterbacks on, on Facebook and that they'll start talking about how oh this is horrible and they're just taking money from people but we don't do it in that way we do it with a full disclaimer that we're trying to provide the experience like you said I mean we're, we're looking as mm. I look to my right we've got probably how many probably a few thousand dollars worth of equipment mm-hmm. it's not like we're just <laughs> taking the money and running we're offering them four hours of our time We're offering them... A building that has to be heated that has to be electrified you know there's there's a lot that goes into the other side of it and you know for a minimal you know we're charging 25 dollars. that's actually extremely fair when you look across the board some places charge way more than that you know so we're mm-hmm. trying to keep things affordable and we've also got the nice aspect of half of it goes right to the scottish right and the scottish right just as a little backstory. They uh teach children with dyslexia at absolutely no cost to the child or family, and they pay for teachers to teach these children uh, how to read you know and so so the money's wow. going toward a great thing, half of it right down the line, yeah, and I think that makes people feel a little bit better about how their dollars are being spent. But even if you sure. weren't donating directly to a foundation like that, I still think that your time and just the building and you know everything that goes along with it is well worth mm-hmm. that money. until you start getting crossed into the line gouging, of course there there is price gouging in this field. I think we all know that. but it seems like there's yeah. no shortage of people to pay it. you know they're always willing to fork it out.
0: I think the one night well that was the overnight Halloween uh event and, and josiah i know you were there and steve you showed up eventually once the cubs lost yep. <laughs> um although they did end up winning the world series that year so they that, did. Worked, that worked out okay um but <laughs> the uh it, that was a hundred dollars sure but there there was food a lot of food um it was about what was it? It was almost twelve hours, I think. Eight hours, ten hours, twelve. Hours. It was. It, it felt like a lot. Well, for me, it was a lot longer than
3: that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: Setting everything up and the, yeah, it it was. But but again, but you know, it was the time we. There were some folks that came and helped. Uh, like you guys said, the equipment, and it, it it was overnight. I mean, it was. And 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 I think the thing too is it was guided. Yeah. You know, almost everything that's done is guided. Now, when groups come in themselves and they get a feel for the place and they do their own thing, that's different. You know, the investigative groups. But, you know, yeah, for somebody to come in and have a guided experience like that, uh, that's, uh, that's, I think that's meaningful. Uh, I think a lot of people do want that. But um, yeah, it was. Oh, they got there were T-shirts too, weren't there? T-shirts or hats?
1: Yep. And I thought there were giveaways too. It seemed <laughs> like you did prizes or something.
0: Yeah, I forget exactly
1: how. It you did now. USB sticks. I remember yeah. that. You know, there you had a lot of oh, overhead. Oh, yes.
0: sent all that out. Yeah, because every bit of data, every bit of evidence that was collected, all the recordings and video and pictures and DVR uh we put on usb
1: sticks and sent them out yeah and sometimes people may have a tendency to forget that that is that one night there is so much clerical work (laughs) that takes place prior to that evening that you know if if there are naysayers i think we're armed to the teeth with ammunition to say all right well here's here's where your money's going pal you know it's not just an easy breezy lemon squeezy thing you know there's a lot involved
0: and a lot. Well, a lot goes back into the building too.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: there was there was you know rent to be paid for the space. Uh, at times, there was a percentage paid to the owner. So yeah, I, as far as that part of it goes, it's and, and yeah, there is a just batteries alone on any given night. <laughs> That's um, yep. a lot of money. <laughs> we go through a lot of batteries, um, but uh, yeah, so. You know, there's there's that question of you know, is it ethical? Are you exploiting the spirits? And and I think I faced a lot of that in the beginning. I had my signs torn down in, in the building when I first started. Um, a lot of pushback and sniping, but it's it sort of like as time went by, it was just sort of accepted. And I'd catch the snide comments once in a while. Yeah. But um, it, it, it seemed to get more accepted over time. Um, you be thinking saying, you know you're being disrespectful. What about the families of the workers that used to be here? And you, you can try to talk to folks and some will listen and others have their minds made up.
1: They, yeah, definitely. They, they
0: just want you to stop. Um, so yeah, that, that, that was that was frustrating in the beginning, but I'm glad I stuck with it.
1: Yeah, I think it, you did. It, it would have been a shame. You did the right thing by sticking with it, you know, just to give in to them. They they don't understand that it is, it is truly a hobby that, you know, people genuinely enjoy. And by no means, in yeah. my opinion, are you disrespecting anybody or any spirit that would be in this building. I've never once seen you do that. So for them to jump on one of the tours, that'd probably go a long way if they would just open up their mind a little bit and realize we're not sitting here like – you know, other than the occasional guest that comes along and kind of provokes, we do not encourage that <laughs> by any means. You know, that's that's against what we what we do. And I think once people start to sort of see what we do, like Steve had mentioned, this uh, gentleman from the Scottish right, he was. I, I don't know. I don't want to call him a naysayer, but i you could tell he was definitely not necessarily a believer. I think we really opened up his eyes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It takes it takes all kinds, but it was awesome to have him come, and then you could almost see it at the very end of the night. His his tune had changed quite a bit, at least in my opinion.
0: You know, or at least to understand that what you're doing is being done respectfully and reasonably. Yes. Th- that's exactly you're right. Just. You know, I, and and if you
2: remember, Mike, the uh, one of the naysayers here at Conover um, was specifically saying, you know, oh, you know, Mike's saying that someone fell down the elevator shaft and died, and, and that's a lie, that never happened, and whatever, whatever, and had that person ever come on a tour, they would have mm-hmm. heard us and the way we go about saying that, and we always say we don't have any actual data that anyone ever died in the building, but we have had a lot of psychic mediums come through, and we're going to tell you some of the things they've told us, you know? And uh, Mm -hmm. that doesn't make it a 100% confirmed fact, yet that naysayer saw it as we were saying this definitely happened, and they, they believed that it didn't happen, and that's not really how it goes. You know, we always say, these are the things we've been told, we have had activity in this area, potentially there's a correlation between the two you know and and i think that's a little bit different than than being respectful but uh, that's that's maybe being more ethical you know mm-hmm. rather than just saying you know responsible lot. well yeah and, yeah and you'll even hear sometimes you'll hear even other groups do it they'll, they'll have heard something this may have happened here but then to them it's a confirmed fact well this happened here we mm-hmm. know it did and uh whatever
0: whatever but there there was a, I I know you guys know. Uh, There's a a group, there's guys, in fact, I haven't seen anything new in a while. Maybe, (laughs) honestly, I haven't really checked and I should. Uh, The Greater Rockford Apparition and Ghost Group, Greg. They did a, uh, a, a video of Conover Square. Yeah. Toward the beginning. And I... And I, I, there's a video of me taking them through the building, or part of the video, and I say uh, something like, "Legend has it that a worker fell down this elevator shaft and died." Well, Steve, I think you may have sent me a link a couple years ago to some guy who was who, who put together this video of clips, and he's like, "I need to find out more about this yes. Conover Square." Yes, place. I know exactly
2: who that was, and and he was saying. Uh, my group is going to be the first group ever to spend the night uh, overnight in Conover
0: Square and whatever, whatever. And well, he like edited <laughs> my comment to just say, a worker fell down here and died. Uh, you, you know, I, I guess I don't
2: remember seeing him being manipulative, manipulative like that. You know, I, I know he had the Rockford Register Star article in front of him. He had the Greg episode in mm. front of him. He had, But I guess I didn't catch that he had kind of manipulated your
0: you know, statement. Yeah. I mean it was kind of fun to watch and like, oh, this is neat, you know, talking about the building and this and that. But then he did that, I'm like, you jackass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that was
2: actually a very uh well edited and well put together uh little segment. Yeah. But where in the hell did that come from? That's no.
0: what, <laughs> that's what I wanna know. Well, you know <laughs> I mean <laughs> I hate to say this, but, you know, look at almost any episode of Ghost Adventures when they're doing the interviews in the beginning. True. Well, I, you know, the homeowner's saying, well, I, I saw a figure standing in the doorway and, uh, would you say this was demonic? Well, yeah, it, I think it did feel demonic, yes. <laughs> you know, it's like, sure. I, 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 I heard a voice calling down the hallway and it, it, it scared me. A demonic voice calling your name down the hallway. Yeah yeah you know everything's demonic, it's all demonic. and I think I mean, there's that 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 urge to sensationalize.
1: Yeah, they're leading you, know, you that, towards something.
0: yeah, I mean we, we could do that you know we, yeah we, we could do that. but you want people to come for the real thing, not the hype.
1: yeah, right.
0: And yeah, I think and, and in I, the- I think that's that's sort of what's the way we did things off a little differently than some others.
1: Yeah, and in the end, I think we're going to feel a lot better about ourselves knowing that we did it that way.
0: Yes. Yes. So, when somebody does challenge us, we can be like, hey, those weren't my words. Yeah. (laughs) I record the whole thing. I'll tell you. That's not it. Well, you know, you guys brought up equipment. What what do you think is some of the the necessary basic equipment that's good for having this type of thing if somebody wanted to get into this and they they had a building they knew the building well uh they were ready to start bringing people in what do you
1: think people like to see when they come to one of these things i think a lot of times people like simplicity from the get-go but then you know if they're more advanced or if they're heavily heavily into the shows they'll start to pick out a piece of equipment that's their favorite at least that's what i've noticed Mm -hmm.
2: yeah I, i i would say the things that they've seen in past episodes um that are maybe some of the more iconic pieces of equipment, not necessarily one of the most useful or one of the most accurate or one of the best ones, but it's that recognition of, oh, that K2 meter that's got that distinct shape and the color band, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever, whatever. I mean, everyone knows what that is. Same thing with, uh, I do know that the Ovalis is very popular. Sometimes we have groups where someone will, you know, I I even give a speech about, you know, if you use a piece of equipment, please return it after each session so that other people get a chance to use it. I've seen Mm -hmm. people grab items and just hug them the whole night, you know, like like you're not getting this away from me, you know? But uh, it seems like the Ovalis is also a very popular one as well as the REM pod. Those seem to be the, uh, like the big trifecta, the the most,
0: three popular, the most popular. so like like things like if you didn't have it, people would be like, "Oh, you don't have a RemPod." <laughs> I mean, do you yeah. think that? Oh, you've got an SLS camera, but no REM pod? Oh. <laughs> I don't think anyone's usually. I mean, do, you, do you do you think there's any equipment like that that people? Like, I don't think, think we- that you have to have like a K two. We we don't
2: have like you know beer snobs like that that come in you know where yeah you, you know we, we don't <laughs> well, have I people mean maybe they're
0: not like that but but you know they're just maybe disappointed that you didn't have a millimeter sure or a, a laser grid let's say you know something we like pretty
2: that. much have just about one of everything across the different spectrums of you know from the ITC mm-hmm. devices to some of the visual stuff so I I, I mean occasionally someone would ask oh hey do you have any uh, thermal cameras type of thing well we added that to our arsenal and ironically it doesn't get used yeah. a whole lot yeah but uh
0: <laughs> yeah isn't that something <laughs> but that, that you get so what, excited over getting something that's never sure. used
2: well we, we had that question maybe three or four times i think in the past you know and so we addressed that but it's rare that someone says hey do you have that one device that does this and we're like oh no we don't have it yet you
1: know and then there's mm. there's a larger challenge, and I think Steve does a phenomenal job of it, but it's still, you know, once, once you get broken up into groups, it's evident that they're still not 100% sure, but there's that larger challenge of you've got a group of 25 people. You don't know who knows anything about anything in front of us. So, you know, there might be a guy over there that, you know, he's a closet ghost hunter that's like he knows all the workings of every single tool we've got. Or the other end of the spectrum, you've got a lady or a kid that has absolutely zero clue about any of this, but we try to give a high level explanation of what these things do Um But I think what what really is our saving grace is that each one of these groups is led by somebody who's at least familiar with the equipment. So, you know, Mm -hmm. we can kind of talk about it at the higher level before we break off into groups. But then once they're holding it, you know, there are things that I'm holding, like as far as uh, the – PS or PS 11, what is SP 11? I'm sorry. Yeah. That, uh, I, I'm not even super comfortable with working myself, let alone somebody Mm -hmm. new. So, you know, you you get those, those hurdles that you have to face and, you know, you you just pretty much try to do it. And what I've found is just being honest. Like if I don't know how to work something, I'll tell them, Hey, I don't know exactly how this works, but I'll try to find out, you know? And I think, you know, just being humble and honest like that is going to go a long way too, because not everybody's, you know, we're not a hundred percent sure about how all this stuff works we can just give a basic idea of how we think it works and mm-hmm. you know are highly technical devices too that's the other thing they might ask you like hey how does how does an ovalis work and i've thought about that like we, we can kind of give an explanation of how we think it works but they could probably go online and find a million mm-hmm. different explanations of how it works yeah. so you know that's another challenge
0: yeah outside it was a steve chappell or is it with Bill Chappell? Bill Chapel Because i Chappell. Chappell, yeah. looking at Steve. Um, <laughs> outside of him, I don't think anybody knows exactly how it works. Yeah. It's like just, oh, it uses environmental input or changes in the environment. Okay. What does that mean? Well, yeah. just use it it's
1: good (laughs) and then that's that's you you kind of feel a little hokey in a way like trying to explain these things but it's it's one of those things that they've got to kind of get the feeling for it at first when i heard about the ovilus i thought that's a cool device but when i saw the things that happened at stronghold castle with that device that really changed Mm -hmm. my outlook on it i can't explain how the damn thing works but i can explain what it did in you know some of the some of the words that came out of there that you know one time you hear the one of the family members names and then you hear it again <laughs> after that and all these things become less likely to be a coincidence and more likely to be something influencing the device i may not be able yeah. to articulate how it's happening but i can tell you that it has spouted off some things that i find to be very <laughs> i guess very pert or um not pertinent but uh what am i trying to say here what is the word I'm looking Irrelevant? for? Relevant. Yeah, very relevant to the situation. Yeah, yeah.
0: I guess I, I, what would I, what would you say? Like, if you had to pick like five things, I mean, outside of obviously like a recorder and a camera and stuff like that, I think like Spirit Box would be definitely something that that, that people would expect to see. Would you agree with that?
2: Um. Yeah, it's pretty hit or miss. I. I. Okay. I guess.
0: Like a, either like like if they came and said, "Oh, you don't have a spirit box, huh?"
2: Well, I, I guess it depends. If they were Ghost Hunter or Ghost Adventures super fans, that they might, you yeah. know, kind of feel that way. But mm-hmm. I, you know, like, like I mentioned a minute ago, the big trifecta. It seems like people really, really flock to the Rumpod, the mm-hmm. the Ovelus and mm-hmm. uh, and and like the K two. You know. Um, sure the, the sp7 there are some that are interested in that but a lot of times we'll have it sitting there and you know when people come up and grab equipment you know literally nine times out of ten they will leave both the sp7 and the sp11 either out of hmm. a sense of maybe not knowing how to work it or just disinterest in it you know they do have a lot of
0: buttons on them
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, they do but but like i always <laughs> say in in the opening uh spiel and everything you know if if anyone wants to use this device or this device It has a lot of buttons we'd be happy to show you how to do it or even ask whoever's guiding Mm -hmm. your tour and they should be able to let you know how to get it going and everything but for some reason the the spirit box i you know there there was a time where i would have said it was probably you know it it would probably be essential you know people would always expect to see it but honestly nine times out of ten it's still sitting there after everyone's headed out with their equipment Mm -hmm. you know
1: and that's just a challenge because when you're when you're trying to explain how all this stuff works, you're then cutting into the time of how long they can investigate. So you're you're dancing yeah. on this fine line of am I taking up too much time explaining this or am I not yep. doing enough? And that's where I, I think Steve. That. Yeah, I, I think Steve does a great job at explaining high level how it works, and then we just sort of you know th- they all kind of come and grab stuff, and then we break off. But there there are points when that can bottleneck too you know because everybody is so excited about grabbing a tool you get there and mm-hmm. people are bottlenecking and especially when you've got three guided groups these people sometimes don't know you know number one where they're going a lot of times people don't listen too. <laughs> that's I, I know i'm guilty of glazing over after a certain amount of time so i'm sure a lot of people yeah. do that too you know and then they're they're sort of standing there like what just happened you know it's a lot of information coming all at once but I think, you know, the the well-seasoned host, and I'm not trying to toot our own horns or anything, but I think we're seasoned enough to understand how to do it properly. And I'd say, I, I would say the majority of the time, people people understand what we're trying to get across to them. Do you agree with that, Steve? Yeah. Yeah, they, they, you know, because we, we have to break them up not only – you know, into smaller groups, but you know they they have to know which guide they're with and who they're going with. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of dancing around in just getting them to their spot. Let alone you know trying to explain the nuances of these tools. So <laughs> it, it's a lot coming at them. Yeah.
0: What, what, what do you guys, as far as group size, what but how big do you guys normally like to uh, keep the, the the broken up groups?
1: Eight, eight. I'd say eight. You know eight to ten you know we we generally cap mm-hmm. the group at 25 people um you know and then split that up you got eight but sometimes you know sometimes you'll have a family of six and then you've got a group of four you know so sometimes the groups have to be a little bit heavier it all depends on sure. you know how many people show up but we cap them right around 25 and we've gone a little bit higher than that and it's manageable but it's it can get to be a zoo
2: you, you know the, the difference between well conover is still pretty good size but the difference between conover and the scottish right is when you do break up to go to some of the investigation locations you can really spread out to where people aren't on top of each other so yeah. you know if we do have a group of say 10 people or so we kind of encourage them to spread out you know mm. and you know maybe a few of you if you want to go into this part of the room and you guys go out on the other side of the room or go to the other room entirely or you know it's we kind of have that luxury whereas in in Conover, I guess the attic is good size, but we would never split the already split up group into, you know, two separate areas. So we'd usually stay together as yeah. a as a whole group. But I don't know. And
0: one of the I remember one of the first complaints that I heard, and not about what we were doing, but about other places. They'd say, "Yeah, we want to." Uh, what's the theater in Rockford? Oh, um, Coronado. Yeah. The
2: Coronado, the Coronado Theater,
0: a Coronado. Yeah, they said oh, we went to the Coronado, or maybe even like the Egyptian Theater and DeKalb. Something. I was. A, it was a theater somewhere. They said we went there, and there were like forty people, and they were all together, and everybody was talking and moving and shuffling and beeping, and everybody all had stuff, and you couldn't tell if anything happened. They said it was a cool place. We enjoyed the the, the building, and the guide seemed to be very well informed, but there were just way too many people. And I'm glad I heard that in the beginning, because I mean, that kept. I tried to keep things to about a dozen. Or Steve, if you were coming, we could maybe take a couple more. In sure, because then you helped me split split up a group. Um, but it was, it was always thinking about their experience. I think we've we've come back to this a couple times. Um, if you want a good experience for the people there, you, you've you got to control things. And and sometimes it, it means the size of the group has to be smaller. Now, what we had, there was like a, there was a, now the bachelorette party was a different thing. Actually, it was a very, it was good because it was a really active night. We talked mm-hmm. about that a couple shows ago. Um there was something at birthday party or something, somebody came and they brought way too many people. Sure. And, and they knew it was gonna to be too many people. But the problem was it got kinda of out of control. There were people wandering everywhere, there were people like lurking behind in places and going into places where they shouldn't have been, like into the sub-basement where we normally don't, at least at that time, weren't taking people. Um, people going through drawers in the basement of desks and things like that. There's one girl stealing cigarette lighters. I mean it, there was another time when uh there was a guy who'd had some stuff to drink before coming and I kind of thought that you didn't need to say that until that night uh, cuz there there's the, an open elevator shaft yeah. just some boards going across it and and I say to people here's the warning here's the open elevator shaft just some boards we're not going over there Well, except for the drunk guy, he's got to start stumbling his way over there. And I'm like, folks, do we see what's happening here? Um, It it, it was really frustrating. And and that sort of got me laying out the ground rules when people would call and say, look, if you want to bring more than 12 or so, be aware that it's going to affect your experience. If you want to come and have some cool times going through the old building and stuff, bring 20 but if you really want to experience something keep it smaller um and please as we understand that people want to go out and have a good time and have dinner before coming um but please refrain from any alcohol because there are some dark places there are there's some tricky some tricky footwork you need to do at times we'd hate to see somebody getting hurt and after saying that people have been pretty good about it but it seems like there's just that that one That really screws it up, or that makes you go, "I dodged a bullet with this guy. He didn't fall down the elevator shaft, although I'd have probably left him laying there." <laughs> um, you just, just bring on more ghosts, folks. Um, it, it 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 kind of wakes you up to say, "Okay, I've really got to look." Because sometimes you'll add a little comment to something, you know, like in your. In your opening speeches, and you know, welcoming people, or when you walk into a certain room, you develop a certain way that you talk and you tell certain stories. And um, there's a reason you do that. And sometimes the reason is that drunk guy that almost fell down in the elevator shaft. But maybe we'll get him next time. Or, or the um, people that come. I mean, into have you their- guys had any really awful experiences that have changed the way that you've, you've done things?
1: Um nothing that stands out in my mind other than the dreaded c-word you know the gentleman that came here and was uh you know just provoking and oh yeah i I mean we you guys had experienced him and then he came back and then steve and i had experienced him and oh that guy yeah i mean that that got to the point where we i think we make a disclaimer like hey try not to discourage you know try not to um God, I keep on losing words. Try not to uh, provoke (laughs) Provoke anything, you know. Try not to, you know, be Mm. respectful. So I think that changed some of that for sure. But for the most part, people have been pretty good. You get the... You get the over rambunctious cousin or, you know, like the guy that's really not into it that bangs on the piano keys and you know, things mm. like that. You'll get that occasionally. But I'd say we're for the most part we're pretty lucky with who we've had come through not only Conover, but the Scottish right.
2: You know, I, I can think of I can think of one thing that we've had to change up, and that was uh you know, the the pandemic had been going on for the long a long time, you know, and it was kind of You know it kind of in a lull a little bit you know cases were way down by the end of summer and stuff like that but then in the fall it started to creep up again well we had taken a few months off from doing tours but then you know when everything kind of reopened and stuff back in june or so i think kind of across the nation I, i mean at least here in illinois anyways but you know most other places were open the whole time but um once we got to go a little bit back to normal we started doing them again and uh you know what we said oh you know you know make sure to bring a mask you know and everything but we weren't real sticklers about enforcing it you know and really getting on mm-hmm. people and whatever whatever and we had a group come in or we, we had a lady come into our tour and she was there early and she sat down and uh, you know we all everyone finally got there we did the opening spiel and we started going through on the tour well Josiah and I hung back during the tour to kind of organize things and get stuff ready for the night and uh, the tour came back and everything and the lady comes up to us and and this lady I'm talking about, she says, uh, she says, there were no one wearing their masks during that tour and I'm very uncomfortable and I'm afraid I have to leave, you know, and we were kind Hmm. of taken aback and we're like oh you know we're so sorry ma'am we can get you a refund whatever whatever and she's like no she's like i want the money to go to you know the restoration of of the scottish right and everything but she was not comfortable and she left so from that point on we did actually become very strict about okay you must have a mask you must have a mask on at all times oh you've got a social distance we you know we've got all the hand sanitizer and everything so that that's one example of how we did have to change up to you know to learn from a mistake that we kind of made and and being a little bit lax at first you know and, and ever since then it's just been part of our whole thing you know everyone wears yeah. masks everyone follows
1: all the rules strictly yeah and we clean uh we've we bought Um, sanitizing wipes so after each round of investigating one of us will wipe the wipe all the tools down and all that and it's in all reality we probably should have been doing that from the get-go because you never know who's who's on the tour and do they just pick their boogers or you know what so (laughs) good point (laughs) well that's what I saw people going into an escape room the other
0: day and I'm thinking how in God's name can you do an escape room right now with
2: strangers anyways you know
0: yeah, yeah. I I don't know how that would work. Everybody wear a mask. Everybody wear gloves. Wipe everything down afterwards again. It it just seems well. It I, seems I'm, like a difficult thing. So it's good that you guys are wiping that stuff down and you know te- technically uh, yeah. that that place probably
2: does go above and beyond to make sure that each new group coming in doesn't have to really worry about it. You know, mm-hmm. but but you know you can't catch everything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Do you hope you don't catch it? Um, so I, I know it, it, it's... I know I had trouble when I was starting, too, with people saying they were going to come, you know, oh, I got 12 people for Friday night, and then six of them back out. And uh, asking people to prepay really helped a lot with that. Now, unless it was somebody that I knew was a lock. Um But have you guys had any issues with that, or have you been kind of doing the prepay from the beginning?
1: We've definitely had some issues with it, but we've we've pretty much adopted a prepay policy where um, we accept the payment via PayPal, and then as Mm -hmm. soon as I as soon as I receive the payment, I put their name on a guest list in Excel, and then um, we generally tell them, or at least when I'm on the phone with them, I tell them if it's a couple of days ahead of time and you've got an emergency just call and let us know and if it's Mm -hmm. you know at least two days ahead of time we'll refund your money but if it's the night of we generally just put their ticket to the next event if they want to use it um but for the most part we've been very lucky with with people adhering to that pretty well good yeah We we have had we did have one gentleman that had his um, daughter was in some sort of an accident or something and he he came that night and he had to take off so we just forwarded his tickets to the next event and they ended up coming so that's you know other than that we've been lucky
2: oh good yeah and yeah we we've we've had we haven't had any of those disaster kind of you know guests and everything so uh, unlike
1: Conover where things would happen yeah from time to time. and luckily we, but, uh, oh go
0: ahead
1: oh I was going to say we haven't had too many weather related incidents and I'm knocking on wood oh um, yeah
2: that was me that was me
1: oh my god okay what was it oh I thought it was a fart <laughs> you knocked You're on, like knocking wood. on wood you knocked on wood so I knocked on okay. wood too but <laughs> that really took me off guard but yeah <laughs> we haven't had any of those related incidents but you know that's always a wild card you, you, you can't control that yeah, of course
0: right. yeah scheduling something in February is always a crapshoot. <laughs> yeah then, you know, yeah yeah i know i think i've had to cancel a couple and i had a couple private groups like investigative groups that have rescheduled but i I don't i it wasn't a huge problem there was somebody that was coming out and they came out like they had to come out like three times before they finally you know the the weather finally allowed them to come out (laughs) so uh it, it it was just really weird um but you know that's one of those things you 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 work through you know, you 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 figure it out. You figure out what's going to work best for the people coming to your place, and and uh, your you know just how things are working there for you. Yeah. But um, that that's good, and you know, and it, I I think a lot of the things we talked about are things that if somebody's looking to do this, they can expect crazy stuff to happen. Oh, for you know, sure. People are the group of ten is going to back out an hour before they're supposed to show up or they come an hour late and they think that you're going to stay with them for an extra hour
1: yeah and that's another Um, thing we've lucked out with that we you know for the most part people want to stay but they're never like totally pushy and i think conover must have just had something something about it because we experienced that a lot at conover but at scottish right it seems like they're all right. right well and one of the worst things was that we'd tell someone do not show up
2: before 7:45 oh, because we're not gonna unlock the doors until the last minute and they'd be there at
1: 6 damn 30 that was that, that mm-hmm. is still my biggest pet peeve you know, and,
2: and it was kind of happening at the scottish right but there's times now where it'll be like 10 minutes
1: until investigation time and there won't be a single car in the parking lot yet, you know. Yep. So, And we've, mm. we've got it down to a science where they park in the parking lot, they walk down the hallway, and I'm sitting there with our – we've got a guest book. because I don't think we've ever shown you, but it's a really cool guest book. And, um, you know, they sign in the guest book, put their name, and then I give them one of our cards. And then I tell them, go ahead and wait in the, in the game room, which is this really cool, big old, like – Um, room with pool tables it's like a it almost reminds me of a room of the Beetlejuice house but uh, you know they go in there and they wait until eight o'clock and right at eight we start talking about the tour you know and we've got it really worked down to a science so I I enjoy that part of it
0: see that that was uh, I had an advantage when I was doing the things at Conover because the building was closed
1: yes Mm
0: -hmm. it it, if it was scheduled for seven o'clock or eight o'clock or nine o'clock that's I'd open the doors at 10 till of course, let them roam in the store for a little bit and browse. Sure. Um, But like with you guys with this, with the uh, building being open with the restaurant there. Yeah. I I, I could see the problem of people coming in early and exploring and cause I mean, there's a lot to be done before a group comes in. You've got to get your equipment lined up, check your batteries Maybe there's something you want to set up somewhere. Like sometimes I'd set up a Kinect uh, camera, or you know, with the PC or, or 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 a camera or recorder somewhere, or motion sensors, you know, or, or all these things that you want to do ahead of time. That when people show up an hour early,
1: you you you
0: can't babysit
1: exactly and their lack of adhering to that time doesn't constitute an emergency on your part so you shouldn't (laughs) have to babysit because you've cushioned your time for that reason and that's what drove me nuts the scottish right um we had it happen this one guy showed up like an hour early and i pretty much told him hey we're gonna be opening the doors like i said at 7:45." but then the building people um went ahead and ushered him in and i'm thinking damn it you just mm. you just kind of dismantled what i was i was kind of trying to drive home a point there you know and yeah you know yet they let him right in which ended up being fine but he was you know talking to me and kind of like essentially getting in the way and i mean no no ill intent toward that person but it was kind of like my god we've got stuff to do you know that's why i told you to show up at a particular time right i I, not like he got to see extra
2: ghosts by being early yeah and and i do get it though i i mean as i was coming to these things without being involved with them and stuff you know i I get the whole uh, the excitement you know and just like yeah you know oh man it's an hour away but just i want to you know I want to be there early and stuff like that so i i totally get it and uh you know that the, the i mean i don't know i guess conover is a little di- bit different than the scottish right because the scottish right there's plenty of room to spread out you know and yeah and everything and and stuff whereas at conover you know you're you're limited on space and everything you know as far as mm-hmm. uh, as far as without letting them wander throughout the building
0: and everything, but...
1: The challenge for... Well, Steve, from
0: there was that time you and I drove to uh, for our school in Iowa. Yeah. And we got signals crossed and we actually got there an hour early. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and, and like, we're like, where is everybody? What's going on? And, like, send a text message. And they're like, oh, guys like, Oh, we're just I'm sitting down at red, red Lobster. Red Lobster, yes. I was just like, you're that. supposed to be here and bring me biscuits. <laughs> um, <but laughs> they did, which was fantastic. But, um... But they were like, oh, the, the, the lady there is like really, you know, we negotiated this later time, and she says we have to leave an hour later tomorrow too, and she's really picky, and if you disturb her, she's gonna get angry about it. We're like, oh, we already gave her her money, and I, <laughs> she's really cool. was sure, <laughs> like no sure. problem at all. Yep, I do remember that. But yeah, sometimes those things happen, but you know, when you're traveling like four hours to get to a place, right?
1: yeah, that's different. Yeah, and that I totally get. But I guess even if, let's say that I were showing up at a place like Edinburgh Manor, for example, I wouldn't just go up and... I would almost linger around in my car, and if I see somebody like waving me in, I'll go ahead and come in, but I'll show up early, but I'm not gonna like bum rush the door because I guess mm-hmm. I'm overly conscientious of it, thinking to myself, all right, I know when when we're doing these tours I've got to write all the names on the whiteboard. I've got to get all the stuff laid out you know there there's a series of yeah. things that I've got to do and i cushion for that in the time that i show up at it's like I, the time is appropriate and then when somebody's shows up early they want to talk to you and they want to tell you their stories and by all means i love that but it's just not yeah. the right time to do it right right <laughs> and and i just want to think if,
0: if nothing else we get a lot of stories out of doing this and we want to share those stories yeah and yeah it's kind of tough to say no
2: and i I just want to put a side note out there um greg because i know you're probably going to listen to this none of this conversation has anything to do with you (laughs) i I know you like to show up everywhere early and your punctuality and everything and and even being you know coming, coming ahead of time is awesome this is revolving this whole conversation is kind of started uh you know it revolves around maybe a certain paranormal team out of the suburbs you know yeah may or may not be aurora but yeah anyways <laughs>
1: <laughs> customer base only yeah it, it has nothing to do yes. with that and i hope yes. i never so I, I i was
2: hoping just if you are listening to this you know in, in recorded time and everything that you're not thinking those sons
0: of bitches i, I, I was i've never early. met greg sure but i definitely had somebody else in mind yeah, went, it go, going through this. I mean, there, right, there was right. definitely a person that I had in mind, and it was yeah, absolutely not him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Right. Right. So, j- just to
2: clarify, I didn't want you in the back of your mind saying, "Are those those guys talking shit about me?" You know? <laughs> no. No. God. No. <laughs> no. 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 It, it's it, believe me, it's it's in particular one certain group, but yeah. you know, sometimes other other yeah. you know guests would would do that also, but.
1: And it's just, it just sucks because it can really derail your progress. And then, right. you know, I, I want to devote when somebody's talking to me, the best attention that I can give to them. And it's, it's almost like yeah. they're robbing themselves of that by, by doing yeah, what they do. You
2: <laughs> yeah. The, this, this one group that we're talking about, like, uh, for instance, we would say, okay, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're going to be, we'll be, we'll be there and we'll unlock the door just a few minutes before eight, you know? And so then at seven o'clock they'd message, Hey, Hey, just want to let you know we're here. It's like, okay, we'll unlock the door at eight. (laughs) I'm
1: I'm,
0: I'm still at home with my family. Uh, (laughs) Right, right.
1: There's a cemetery down the road. You can go walk around in it, I guess. I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. But, and it wasn't the, the one that Steve's referring to wasn't a one-time offender. It was a rather repeat mm, offender. It would know? just about
2: get to the point where you'd be like, all right, so we'll we'll see you at a few minutes before eight. Sounds good. We'll see you at seven. Yeah. <laughs> so, wait, wait, that's not what we said.
0: No. <laughs> uh, well, and then they stay late. Yeah. Right. And they'll, they'll always stay late. So, yeah. I, so I, I think if, if, if anybody listening has ever even just run an event not even a, a normal thing. I'm sure you've run into a lot of these things. So know that you're not alone. Um, there's there's a lot going on <laughs> that uh, you, you, know, you you think, oh, why do I attract all the weirdos? It's not just you, <laughs> right? Um, it, 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 no matter if you open a, a store or a coffee shop or you just go to work every day you're finding weirdos so this 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 is nothing different than that it's just that uh you know you're going to be spending three hours in the dark with this person you don't want to get on the bad side right away (laughs) Mm -hmm. maybe that's a little fair warning um but you know so again if anybody's listening to this and you uh feel that something was useful we're glad to have had a chance to pass that along to you Um, if anybody has questions about something we've been talking about other than Greg then uh, because he already got the answer for his thing then you know uh, reach out to us we can we've got some experience with these things we can maybe try to to try to help you out with that Um, or maybe the next time you do go on one of these tours Maybe you'll have a better understand not just ours, but anybody's across the country or across the world. There, there's a lot of work that goes into uh, what's happening before you walk in the door. Not just laying out the equipment and checking the batteries and uh, making sure the building's clear of other living people, but the experience that's gone into the, the knowledge that you're going to be running into d- d- during this experience. Um, guys, you've, I'm sure you've spent hundreds, possibly over a thousand hours in Conover Square, uh, over the years. And, um, you know what, that, that experience means something and you're, you're bringing more to the table than just a bunch of, uh, meters and lights. Uh, you know, you're 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 really bringing a lot to it, and and yourselves, and I think that really stands out in the success you've had with with other places, the things that you guys have done. And so I, I'm I'm really glad that we've been able to have this talk because yeah, there there is a lot more than just open up the doors, hand out some flashlights and beepy things, and let's take a walk. <laughs> There's a lot that goes into it from ch- choosing the location. Um, deciding what you're going to talk about, where you're going to take the people, uh, the, the, the the phone calls that you make, the emails you send, the Facebook messages that, that come in, all of that is is tied into a part of the experience. And I can at least speak for us to say, we're out there to give everybody the most genuine, authentic experience they can have. Um, not with a lot of, fluff with a lot of uh, theatrics and uh, without a lot of distractions too I mean even when you have your larger groups it seems like you guys are still pretty conscious of the fact that if something happens you want people to hear it if something moves you want them to be able to see it um, and 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 know that it's not just people wandering around so um, I, I think people who have been to a lot of these, Know which ones are worth it, and which ones you just clench and make your way through it. So, um, if anybody has any comments, any questions, you know, reach out to us. We've we've got the 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 Facebook page. Um, In fact, several Facebook pages. There's the Paranormal One Facebook page, Bartell and Henson Paranormal. We've got uh, Rock River Area Paranormal Society. The um, uh, geez, I, I, I keep saying someday I'm going to do this and I don't. The uh, the Instagram, but um, <laughs> the uh, peril one contact at gmail.com is a way to get in touch. Uh, do, do you guys have a, a, an email that you're using? I, I think about that. We never really bring it up. Uh, yeah, we do actually. Um, I have to look it up because I don't remember it right offhand. <laughs> See, <laughs> it escapes you easily if you don't say it all the time or use it all the time
1: I believe it's haunted conover square at gmail.com that sounds that sounds about right that but, rings a bell yeah but I would say the easiest way would definitely be Facebook Bartell and Henson Paranormal I think that's the easiest most likely you'll get a response
2: yep okay. yeah it is haunted conover square at gmail.com
0: yep. alright good deal Um, So yeah, plenty of ways to reach out to us to um, sort of, you know, if if you think some of what we talked about was crap, let us know. That's fine. Um, Again, questions, comments, we'd love to hear from you. Um, Guys, anything you feel is worth throwing out there to put
1: a bow on this sucker? I would just, if anybody's out there who's been on our tour, I'd like to thank you. And hopefully none of this came across as um, (laughs) bitching or complaining. It's definitely not that whatsoever. It's more so just a glimpse into what we deal with. And, you know, it might give you more, better appreciation of kind of what you're doing when you go on one of our tours. So thank you. Yes. And and Josiah just worded
2: everything perfectly. And I, I just want to add that, yeah, we definitely appreciate Appreciate you coming on our tours and uh, You know and and I don't want to make it seem like we look at this as As a burden at all by any means. I mean we Mm -hmm. thoroughly enjoy what we're doing In fact, I told Josiah all the time, you know, I'm I'm rushing to get there and I'm thinking about, you know I hope everything goes smoothly and and just you know kind of like why are you always late? Well, well, and and I'm wound up to get there and everything (laughs) and, and thinking oh man I hope everything goes well and then I get there and it strikes me. Oh, yeah, we're at a haunted location and we're going to be investigating the paranormal tonight and and then it's just kind of like (laughs) it slips back into that fun mode and everything as opposed to uh, yeah you know so so we really enjoy doing it we don't look at anything as a burden and even complaining about certain instances (laughs) and stuff like that it's it's you know first-world problems you know
1: absolutely
0: ghost world problems. <laughs> ghost world problems, yes, I, I like yeah. it, I like it. Just coined mean, a phrase. F- face it, anytime you're dealing with the public, things are gonna go wrong. Um, one person out of 100 is gonna stick out in your mind, but you know what, you'll learn from that one person that's saying, okay, I've got a plan better because if I had been more direct about something like the masks, for example, you guys, or mm-hmm. when I said about somebody drinking, you know what, you don't know that's gonna be a problem until you run into it. Correct. And and that's how you learn. And so, you know what, uh, thank you to those folks who <laughs> gave us reason to reevaluate what we were doing and try to do it a different way. And uh, you know what, if you go on a tour and over and over and over people aren't wearing masks, let's say, or other people are drunk and ruining your experience, <sighs> at some point you gotta say the people aren't jerks, the people running the thing aren't adapting to what needs to be done to make this enjoyable for everybody, mm-hmm. and that's what we've tried to do. So uh, yeah, this wasn't meant to offend anybody, give anybody uh, uh, bad vibes or anything like that. Uh, it's it's just that the, the, these things are a lot of work, but like Steve said, they're a lot of fun. Yep, we We, 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 we get to Play with ghosts, and that's pretty cool, <laughs> that's, and, that's fun. And meet, meet some amazing, a lot people. of people. Yep, yep. You, just, you just took the words right out of my mouth. Yep, I, I, I'd say if it hadn't been for me doing this, I would have never met you two guys. True. And so I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful. If for nothing else, that uh, you know that that happened. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about that.
1: I echo those comments. Thank you, team right. here thank you
0: guys all right well we've wrapped up the first show of 2021 uh we're trying this new way of doing things i don't know what we're going to do for the next one maybe we'll try something like this again if we can come up with something that we can go on about for a while or uh maybe we'll do the book reports again i don't know we'll see (laughs) we'll see what happens but um all right, guys. I, I I think are we ready to wrap this one up? Put a bow on it.
2: Yeah, sounds good. Thanks. Sounds good.
0: All right. Well, thank you again, everybody, for listening. Um, rewind about four minutes if you want to find out how to get in touch with us because we go over it so frequently. But you can, you you're, you're smart people. You can figure this out. Um, so thanks for listening. Thanks guys for being here and until next time, we will see see you in the dark.